It's Hunter here at Rect America, and we are delighted to have back with us Dr. Jimmy Jarvis. Dr. Jimmy, how are you doing, man? Doing pretty well today, Hunter. Where, where are we going? Where are we going? Well, I thought we would um, do some kayaking in, in, from based on our last conversation. And I thought we'd put our kayaks in the River of Denial. Yes, sir. I'm uh, very yeah. familiar with it and some of its so, tributaries. Yeah. Okay. Stay <laughs> I love it. Man is on a point. So, yeah. So, that's where we kind of left off. So, why don't we go there and talk about, you know, how you first let's define for all this. I don't assume anything. Um, use the term river denial. What do yes. you how, define it for us? How, how do you open it up for us? What's okay, uh, it's it's a term I've I've used uh, in uh, the rooms of recovery pretty regularly. That's where I first heard it, and uh, and and it uh, came to me as as something that was very applicable to me. It's it describes how I chose to deny certain facts about myself and about the world that I was living in. So. When I'm in denial, I talk about being, uh, it, that, that's, that's what I mean by the so-called river of denial. Denial, as, as was, has been said in the rooms, denial is not just a river, as in a river in Egypt, okay? Right. We know denial is a river east of the Mississippi, but denial is also where I've spent a good portion of my life, denying my feelings, denying the reality of the world around me major consequences in there. So when, that's when I talk about the river of denial, that's, uh, that's where it comes from. So it's kind of a joking term, but it has a very serious subject behind it. In terms of consciousness for you, where do you enter, where does that enter your conscious thought life? Well, uh, it's, it, and again, this is where I talk about tributaries. I, I don't think I started denying much of the world uh, early on. But, but when I chose very, very early on uh, in a less than articulate way, this is when I'm four years old, four and a half to be more precise, um, when, when I was very, very lonely and chose and said to myself, I'm never gonna feel this lonely again. That was the beginning of my journey down this river of denial, if I can play with the metaphor a little bit. This is me saying, I'm not going to feel something I feel. This is me denying an aspect of my reality, which is my feelings. I will not feel this again. It was so painful to that little guy, and he didn't know what to do with it. So for me, um, and again, this is after years of reflection, recovery work, therapy work, variety of things, but this is how I piece it together. And that is a st starting point. Uh, I mean, there are other elements feeding into this, just to carry the metaphor, if you will, other streams of thought and activity. Uh, when I choose not to feel something, then I'm partitioning off part of myself from the rest of me. I am compartmentalizing, mm -hmm. boxing something out, which means I'm boxing me in. Okay? So... This leads to, uh, through other situations where uh, I, I am frustrated about certain things, I'll box out my anger, I'll 
put that in a box and set it aside. Um, uh, but at the same time, these things are still part of me. These emotions are still part of me. The emotions are still going on, whether I like it or not. And if I'm choosing not to feel them and not to uh, accept them and acknowledge them, well, they'll still work on me, even though I don't work on them. Mm -hmm. And that activity um, has an effect on the rest of me. But I chose not to feel it. I chose to bottle it up. And then they'll, so they'll come out sideways. They'll, they'll come out in different uh, ways um, more recently in terms of uh, my being very sarcastic in a variety of situations where things were not necessarily under my control. Um, so, so a lot of different things fed into this. But as I compartmentalized myself, I, I, came to learn that I could compartmentalize myself. So I became more aware of the fact that, well, there was something behind a, a mental or emotional wall. And I was happy to have the wall. So that meant I could wall off other things. So I could begin, for example, to have my own solitary activities uh, that nobody else needed to know about. That's the beginning of secret activities on the side. Uh, initially, uh, they were just um, me um, not doing what uh, parents wanted me to do, me going off and reading or uh, doing something else. Eventually, it was how I stumbled across uh, pornography, and sexual material, and got into sexual activities. I already had established a mental mechanism for setting it aside, doing it in secret, keeping it separate from anything else that was part of my life. So all of this is building, if you will. So these tributaries are coming together <laughs> into my version of denial. Mm -hmm. Couple of questions come to mind. Um, well, first, first thought: um, you've given utterance, uh, 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 utterance. You've given meaning or definition to uh, us being as sick as our secrets, mm. um, and you've 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 certainly in, in opening up for us. And thank you for that. Uh, Hardy definition. Um, Use the term several times compartmentalizing. Um, and, and, and you could compartmentalize. Um, is is a compartmentalizing uh, a fancy term for lying? How you know I'm wanting to, you know not necessarily. Not necessarily, because uh, I, I it, it's 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 not lying when I choose to focus my my in my attention in a particular area. When I when I've made a commitment to do something, and I choose not to focus on the other things around me, but focus on the one thing. In essence, I'm compartmentalizing my activities and saying these other outside activities are just not going to interfere with what I'm doing right now. That's a version of compartmentalization in and of itself. Is it denying that the other things exist? not in and of itself the other things still exist okay right now 
I am focused on interview with you, Hunter, and yet uh, there are commitments elsewhere that I'm choosing not to undertake and not to focus on right now. That's, a, that's still a form of compartmentalization. The, what happens, however, with the practice of compartmentalization is these compartments, instead of having a flexibility of being able to move from one to the other regularly, we can choose to block out portions of reality. The lie is in that, in the actual blocking, not in the compartmentalization name suggestion. So it's a couple uh, of different yeah, psychological yeah. processes. Okay. The, the, the lie is in, say that again, the lie is in what? The lie, the lie is, is in the blocking out. Blocking out, meaning um, what? Blocking About, out of selective parts of reality. Okay. Okay. Uh, as, as opposed yeah. to the choice to focus on a particular part at any one time. The focus in and of itself doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be bad. The focus can be bad, but I'd say so, it doesn't have to be. Bad. So let me, let me, let me see if I practically understand by asking this question. Uh, I, I remember you sharing with me uh, one time, um, Dr. Jimmy receiving a birthday card uh, with, with a, a cat on it, a cat which had devoured some chocolate cake and, and with, cake across its face would ask about what happened to the chocolate cake. Cake? What cake? <laughs> was that compartmentalizing or lying? That was lying. <laughs> like I say, that wasn't simply focusing on the cake. The cake was gone. That was a lie. Okay? That was blocking out the reality that there had been a cake there in the first place. That's blocking. And that's a lie. Trying to make it plain. Okay. I, I, hope, I hope that helped to clarify. <laughs> okay. <laughs> With that understanding in mind, we're okay. good to go. Okay. So, um, so any any other that? Thank you. Um, like can, I said, that can, was the beginning, and and this yeah, process, yeah, yeah. this and other, you know, so. I, Again, as, as young children, there's only certain psychological techniques we can be aware of. Our brains are just not developed enough. And, and so we, we become more sophisticated, more capable of a variety of psychological processes later on in our lives. And that can be both good and bad. But, the, so some, but some of the basics can be there still later on. So compartmentalization can begin early on and yet we can continue to use that technique like i say for good or ill it's a coping um, mechanism right it's a coping mechanism yeah right right okay very right. much so and yeah. and it can it can lead to you know when when trauma occurs compartmentalization allows us to dissociate so that we can survive the trauma the problem is uh to you know with all apologies to johnny cochran we're doomed to repeat what we do not complete. Meaning, we may have set it off to the side. We still have to negotiate it. We still have to come to terms with it one way or another. Or the trauma continues to aggravate and assault our senses. And you went to, you went back, thank you. You went back to four. So 
that was for is is that for you the beginning of where this trauma began where trauma began for you identifiably is that, is that what we're understanding you to the best of my understanding yes. yeah 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 that, that's and and again uh i've 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 done a certain amount of work doesn't mean there wasn't something before but mm -hmm. that's, 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 that's what i recognize that's that's true where, where again uh, I had something, I couldn't deal with it, I set it aside, and it wasn't for another 50 years before I dealt with it. So what are some of the, what are some of the high watermarks, if I can use that, uh, of, of your using this coping mechanism, strategy, your compartmentalizing, what are some of the, some of the major ways over, over, Again, this is that river denial. Over time, how you employed this to to as you move move well, forward? Well, it's yeah, it's it's um, it's been useful at various points. Um, as I uh, uh, just just thinking through, um, is it, it was one thing to discover porn and to you know be. Uh, inspired, titillated, uh, attracted to it. It's another thing to use it um, as a way of escaping other things. Um, I had an early fascination with it, um, 10 or 11. It wasn't until uh, I was dealing with some life stresses later on, um, particular uh, what comes up is uh, my parents' divorce and, and, the ex and things happening around that, where Porn became an escape um, from the stress of the situation. Um, so, uh, so that's that's one example. And I found it useful. I found it useful there. So I would find it useful elsewhere where I was uh, having uh, difficult coursework in college. Uh, I could escape to porn for a little while. Um, as as I, I got into uh, the early careers of, of my young adulthood, again I would uh, find ways to escape into porn. Um, the thing is that it wasn't um, it, it wasn't stimulating me enough. So I'd actually begin to experience some of what I was uh, fantasizing about or seeing or whatever, and started uh, playing that out with uh, sexual partners as well uh, I was going to ask you um, was there ever for you was was it ever titillating or was it just a you know I was the was it visual was it there was a visual attraction to it or was it just more of a form of of, of coping and escapism for you no it was both it, it was both. Okay. It, okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Mike, it, it was both. Uh, I mean, it was it, it, the it was it was the uh, the titillation attraction first before it was the coping mechanism, okay. if you will. Mm -hmm. At least, at least in my case, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know how this with everybody, but mm -hmm. uh, it was for me. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, so, so uh, but but then again, I needed needed uh, more to drown out. The 
voices in my head um, that were often shaming me for escaping from whatever the stress was at the time. Um, because I, I should have been, should have, could have, would have. I should have been doing something else. But here I was taking a break, uh, stepping out of bounds, uh, going into my secret space, secret life, all of which was uh, very, very shaming to myself. So, so it sounds as you describe it like a a, a clusterfuck, a train run, train wreck, run, you know, train run off the track, you know, you know, with, you know. Didn't it? Didn't it seem to you like you're uh, you were ever overtaken? Like it was just overtaking you? Like it? Eventually, um, it, 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 but it took a while. Mm. <laughs> so this this wasn't something that I uh, indulged every day from the age of fifteen on. For example, it was it was intermittent at first. It was uh, progressive. Um, no, it, it it wasn't until um, I was in my 40s that it uh, that I became aware of it overtaking my life, shall I say. I mean, certainly I was used to um, a variety of stressful situations. And, and indeed, with my, um, with my educational background, with my coping skills, I found that I did very well in high-stress situations professionally. And if you do, well, you can be rewarded for it. And I was, um, and I did, did quite well, but it came at a cost. Uh, and that cost was, if you will, a portion of my sanity as I needed escape. I needed to step away into my secret life just to in indulge myself, get a break um, before I could come back and, uh, and keep doing whatever I was doing. Was this ever was was this as you describe it from from early childhood to four, you say forty whatever? Um, were you having, was it was this fun? Were you were you enjoying this? Was this enjoyable to you? Um, yeah. Um, not always. Often, it was exciting. Yeah. Um, okay. It it uh, it was completely outside of my. Uh, uh, everyday experience, and so I was. I was, yeah. Uh, so I was, I was you got a rush. You got a rush. I needed a rush. rush. That's right. That's right. It it helped. It helped me to um, have emotions that I could understand, and then I could shut it down and get back to whatever my life was. For mm -hmm. Okay. So mm -hmm. yeah. So there was some enjoyment. There was there was payoff in there. For me. Okay. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. yeah. And 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 were there ever some some so did you ever get busted? Did you where did you did there were times where you 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 it over you know you whatever and you had to yeah you want to talk about that at all? Eventually. Yeah. yeah. Well no eventually I was I eventually I was busted. And I've been busted more than one time. Um I, I uh, would amass hordes of uh, porn, and um, and uh, my uh, wife would uh, discover it, and I'd uh, make uh, strenuous 
uh, efforts to destroy it and throw it away and say I'll never do it again. Um, and uh, that probably happened, let's see. Um, that probably happened uh, for the first time when I was 38 and the second time when I was 43. Um, and, and again, the ultimate uh, bust was when I put my wife in the hospital with a sexually transmitted disease and wow. came clean it, when I, just before I turned 50. So wow. now that wasn't the last time either. Okay. Because I, 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 even though I knew I was in trouble, it was such a habit that uh, I, I would return to it, even with that situation under my belt. After you put your wife in the hospital with STD and came clean, you still engaged in this behavior? I still went back to it, not, not immediately, I had I, I I was absolutely horrified for about eight months mm-hmm. as I began my recovery program. Uh, but I was I was still under stress and was trying to work recovery program, and I and I still fell back to default behavior, which included included this. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and um, so it was. It was another. It was another four years uh, where I was still acting out with uh, with other people. Um, it, the frequency had dropped dramatically, but I was still doing it occasionally. Um, and I got busted a couple more times, for example. So, what? How do, how do you explain after that's after that momentous mm-hmm. situation in your life that you're in your lives the two of you what 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 causes what is what is what causes you to have to go back what caused you to go to revisit Engaging that behavior. Mm-hmm. Can you share that with it? Well, I mean, well, because it's there's like, a, there's a, yeah, there's yeah. a short answer and a long answer. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll start with a short, short answer. Short answer. Thank you. Okay. Uh, hang on a sec. Sure. You were saying, yeah, you were saying, yeah. Um, yeah. What, 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 my question was, what, what, yeah, what, what would? Why would I keep going back? Yeah, right. After after that massive uh, rupture uh, in my primary relationship, uh, the short answer is addiction. I was trapped in patterns I didn't know how to get out. Okay. The longer answer looks looks something like this. I had over a period of 35 years, 
developed habits of coping with stress in my life by acting out sexually or acting out with work. Okay. And so when I, when I come under stress, what do I do? I either work or I go have sex. Okay. Because that's what I knew how to do. And that's what I trained myself to use as go-to responses since I didn't want to feel the feelings associated with the stress. So rupturing my primary relationship was very stressful, to say the least. Not just for my wife, certainly for my wife, but also for myself. So what do I do with stress? Well, there are still a couple of things I need to do. I work very, very hard and made lots of money, okay? Because I could make lots of money working very, very hard. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, that only took me so far. I still needed, in quotes, needed something else. And the only other thing I knew at that point was the sexual acting out that I was doing. So I white knuckled in for eight months mm-hmm. and dipped my toe in or something else in. Um, and occasionally I would still fall back to that, even as I was working recovery or attempting to work recovery, attempting to get honest both with myself and with others. Uh, but it was far from perfect. So it took another four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to interject something here, Dr. Jimmy. The, as you've laid this out, uh, another track of of thought around um, the behavior here that that, um, you're sharing with our audience and we're we're thankful. Um, That is the existence of uh, a character uh, that this isn't just aberrant behavior, just not just coping mechanisms, not just compartmental, that that this is part of this is who you are. And 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 however, whatever that trauma going back produced, but there's a character that's a part of I just say part of your personality that has evolved over time that is as much who you are as who you are as a husband, a father, who you are professionally, that 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 there are roles that we all play in life, but behind those roles, um, there are aspects of our personality that that we call character, I'm, I'm referring to as a character, yeah. that are as germane to who we are as any other role we play. Um, what do you think about that? No, I agree. Um, and and uh, it, you say character, and I'll suggest characters, plural. Okay, okay. Um, uh, I'm, I, I have a better idea of, um, understanding them intellectually than identifying them internally myself, may I suggest. So that's just, that's, that more will be revealed on that. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sure, sure, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, because because I, um, it's it's unclear to me uh, exactly which parts of what traits are associated with which characters in my life, shall I say? So so there's a there's a there's a disentangling process that I uh, still need to pursue mm-hmm. to uh, better identify uh, the characters. Uh, and their roles in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. That being said, um, mm-hmm. so I I heard I you just shared your explanation for what caused you to go back. I did. Um, and and let me push back a little bit here. Um, I, I I hear your explanation. Um, what of the, what of the, what do you think of the, 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 the notion, the idea that, um, some character that's a part of who you are, mm-hmm. uh, in spite of how, how bad that was for, for your partner and for you, but that character just ain't quitting, <laughs> a, a, you know, it's it just, you know, um, and, and you know, what, what about that? Well, um, that? I um, it, that's that is um, that, that's that's a uh, legitimate approach to this. I uh, interpret it as a as a rather adolescent part of myself, as I see it. Um, meaning, it's it's uh, it it took form. Um, generally in uh, the period of my um, early emotional adolescence, which in which I got stuck when I chose not to feel my feelings, but instead um, shoved them down, uh, put a lid on them, separated myself from them, if you will. And that, that may have started it for, but that really revealed itself when I was under emotional stress later. When did that occur? That really didn't occur until that time around my parents' divorce. There were other things going on then too, but that that puts it in a 15, 16, 17 year old range. And again, that's the sort of thing that I talk about. Uh, I'm, I'm doomed to repeat because I did not complete the emotional process associated with it. So there's a very adolescent character uh, continuing to uh, drive the bus is another expression I'll use. Who's actually in charge of my behavior at any one time? Okay, is it my two-year-old? Is very primitive fear? Uh, is it the so-called adult who knows how to cope with a variety of crises and situations, and also knows when to not cope, when to when to deal with things in the so-called adult way? Or is it this adolescent that I'm talking about? This this other part that is reactive uh, and and uh, has has some skills, some survival skills, but uh, you know not a full set. Uh, and and that character, uh, when that character is driving the bus, um, watch out. Yeah, things are going to get interesting. And they, so, and they have. Mm-hmm. 
with you there. Um, it sounds like they have gotten quite interesting to say the least. <laughs> uh, I hear something else though. Okay. Uh, and you tell me if I'm on, from uh, hearing you out correctly. Um, in, in your, in, and, and let me just say, thank you for affirming my, my use of this idea around characters and, and your being able to embrace that and flow with me there. Um, and as you did that, um, I, I, I glean that in the work you've done, um, in, in recovery and therapy, whatever work, um, that you have some um, uh, comfort um, that um, it's okay. It's, you're in an okay place is what I'm trying to say, what I'm saying. With, 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 with how things have seemingly unfolded, you seem to um, be right now in an okay place. Can you talk about that? Yes, I can. Um, it, it, uh, it has been a lengthy process for me, uh, but uh, again, I've, I've said it, I'll keep saying it. I am doomed to repeat what I do not complete uh, has a lot to do with this journey to acceptance, okay, which is what you see manifest in me now. Because there's a, there's a certain settledness to me. There's a certain peace. There's less turmoil. I'm not saying there's none. I mean, we're living in a pandemic. There's turmoil. But at this time, uh, I have a sense of peace about my being as a result of having worked through issues which had bothered me and I had chosen to ignore or to avoid or to put the lid on, as I've said before. Um, and it was important for me to, uh, to take the time and, and spend the capital, both in terms of my time and finances, whatever it took, to find ways to express um, what I was feeling at the time of the, the trauma or the turmoil that had been bothering me for a long, long time. Um, and they, that takes a variety of forms in the therapeutic world. Uh, and um, I like to say that I've, I've bought uh, at least two therapists, BMWs was what I've uh, paid for in uh, psychological counseling. <laughs> let, alone, let, alone the work, let alone the work I've done in these rooms of recovery that we, uh, that we cherish so highly. Um, so it was a combination of things. I had to, uh, I had to understand it, the, the false empowerment that I had as a, as a child where I, I was told I was the hero child. I had to work through thinking I could control everything, including my parents' marriage. I mean, childish notions, but these thoughts underlay much of my drivenness mm. in later professional life. And 
again, I'm rewarded not for what was driving me. I'm rewarded for the outcome of my behaviors of being driven as, as a result. So, so this was just layered on other things that had to be worked through. So I needed to go back, work through those, and it was as a result of addressing that turmoil, coming to terms with myself, coming to terms with how I understood my past, that I was able to get to a point of acceptance that allowed me to be at peace with the characters in my soul, all of them. And are we, are we a perfectly happy family? No. <laughs> that adolescent yeah. still tries to drive the bus occasionally. I could still get triggered uh, you know, by uh, uh, certain situations, and it's, it's incumbent upon me to a be aware of it, and b choose to do something about it, whatever that looks like. Okay, but that's a process, and I'm not perfect at it, nor is my partner. Uh, but uh, between us, uh, we've learned to love each other's faults. They're, they are gifts. Yeah. Paying for two BMWs, uh, <laughs> you must have been fucked up. <laughs> well, just just kidding, Jerry. Not just kidding. That? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as as, uh, as Daffy Duck was, I resemble that remark. Uh, but <laughs> but 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 I'm not, I like I, I like, and we, this is where we're going to pick up next time. I like the last thing you just said, and that is the gift. Want to go there next time? It's one thing to, it's one thing, it sounds like that peace that you found, um, if I can say I relate to that as a slice of heaven on earth. Mm. Yes, you can. E yet another thing is to identify a gifting around all this that's even greater than even that slice of heaven. Because well, that gifting, the gifting I would say to you, suggest to you, begins to open the door to the heroic. Mm. And I, that's where we wanna go next time. But your closing thoughts. My, my thoughts are that without the gifting, heaven on earth is not possible. Right. Just to corroborate what you're suggesting, it's only through the gifts that I can have the peace that allows me to experience serenity through the gifts. Let's hold that thought. Let's hold that thought. Dr. Jimmy, awesome, man. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. You blessed us. Right to America. Thank Dr. You. Jimmy, bless us again. Thank you, Dr. Jimmy. We'll talk to you next time. You next well? time, Hunter. Thank you. Okay. All right. Blessing. Bye-bye.